right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. Yeah, so we are up to episode 104 this time. And I really like this episode. It's kind of, it takes on like a more a deep and a serious tone. Um, but I really like that. Uh, I think a theme of this episode that we'll come back to is the idea of knowing people and being known by people and whether or not that is the case for you. And, you know, I think about that theme and just think about us, the two of us. And I'm really just grateful for this podcast and for this show, because I feel like it's kind of become this campfire that you and I have yeah. come together. You know, we've come around this campfire together and have truly gotten to know each other, even though we've been friends and have known each other for decades. Like, I feel like it's just now. But this getting- is a different experience that we're actually creating together on our own and also as as um adults, too. Yeah. So uh, I love it. I'm loving every minute of it. So. I am, too. But I just... So anyway, that this episode made me think about that, just being truly known by a friend who you've had for a long time. Like, we'll get to see that as we delve into this episode more. We'll get to see how, even though these guys have been friends and other relationships, be it between father, I'm sorry, mother and son, or just friends, even though they love each other and um, have been around each other, they don't really know each other. True. And what I took from it, which, I mean, I'm right there 100% with you as well, but I'm a, a little deeper for me was... It seemed like every single one of these gay um, characters in in this series, minus Michael, have like the issue with the parent, you know? Yeah. So in this episode, I think the focus on friends was how even though you're not my blood, you're still my family. Mm-hmm. And then when they actually met the unreal um, parents, like they met Ted's mom, mm-hmm. you know, they showed her so much love. They let her know that even when she's not even around, he's still with family. Yeah. He's safe. We actually care for him, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just thought that, you know, it doesn't matter if... If we don't share the actual same blood in our veins, you know, friends are your family as well. Yeah. So we're going to take this one from the top. And then, uh, yeah, there's just some really cool things I'm ready to get into. So we picked this episode up. Now, this kind of picks up a cliffhanger from 103 where Ted is Uh, unconscious. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. So now he's unconscious on the floor. So we're picking up kind of what's going on with Ted. So we're at the diner with Brian, Emmett, and Michael, and they are there's a voiceover by Michael and he says, In case you missed it at Babylon uh last Saturday night, it was to die for, which is, you know, <laughs> clearly uh, connected to the episode before. Uh so they're at the table and are clearly uh, trying to avoid the elephant in the room, which is Ted. And so they're giving their rundown of what they did the night before and or the night before or the time, right well the like 24 that. hours later yeah well so uh michael shares his story about who he went home with and it started off real good i was like okay i see you michael yeah. i was i was here for it i was living for him because <laughs> we want to see michael get somebody because he never gets anybody we know where his heart is you know let it go you know what I'm saying? Yeah. get you a little piece yeah something yeah but um keep going. but uh then that did not work out because that guy had um anal parasites anal parasites <laughs> okay in brazil I was dead. I don't even... Yeah. I can't even imagine. (laughs) And then Emmett uh, took home an undertaker. Mm. But that was a little hot, though. I like that, though. (laughs) You know, a little kink side. You never know what you're going to get. A little play there. Uh, And then they asked... Michael asked Brian. He said, what about you, Brian? What did you get up to? And we get this little scene seeing exactly what Brian got up to. Mm, It was a snippet, too. Something juicy. (laughs) And uh, it was my boy, Brian, and... 
Justin. Yeah. He sealed the deal. Yeah, but then, yeah, exactly. But I loved it. Did you see his response, though? Finally, it made me feel like, oh, my God, what's going on with Brian? Like, who, yeah. this is a new Brian. He's not doing the typical Brian stuff. Instead of him gloating and saying how clearly the little young buck is still chasing me, he, he didn't kiss and tell. He was yeah. a, a perfect gentleman. Yeah, well, and he kind of got taken aback when they asked him that question because typically he would give a, like, what is none of your business right. or be like, I took some hot guy home. Exactly. But he, he kind of takes a minute. And I think part of it is... Like you said, he doesn't want to kiss and tell. But I think part of it, like, he doesn't want to analyze the mm-hmm. fact that he took Justin home again because mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, that's not what I normally exactly. do. And so there's it's some reason I him. Yeah. You know, and so him. he's like, I definitely can't talk to them about that because I don't even know what to say to myself about why I did that. So they go on talking a little bit more and Debbie comes up and kind of sobers them all up and says, hey, shouldn't you guys be getting At over the to the hospital? Yeah. Duh. Yeah. And so when we get to the hospital, we meet. Margaret Schmidt, that's Ted's mother. Uh-huh. And we also find out that Ted is in a coma. Which um I was sad. Like, I mean, I thought he was I knew that he overdosed whatever case, but a coma. Yeah. I mean, I was like, damn, that's like overkill. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, but it just shows these <laughs> the severity of what can happen exactly. with um with, with drugs. With, with drug use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something that Ted's mom says that we're probably going to come back to or use um, to springboard some other conversations. But she says, loving someone is not the same as knowing them. Because as she's sitting there, she realizes how disconnected mm-hmm. she likely is from Ted's exactly. current life. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to what I was saying. Like, she's not there, but he still has family. They know him. They love him. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. These other guys are coming in, and they know more about Ted than she does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've only known him for, you know, probably a couple years. Exactly. She burns But they're, I feel like, you know, kind of seeing Ted's mom, and, like, as the episode goes on, we can kind of guess at some things about her character. And also, I I can't remember if I read it or saw it, but so just a couple little notes and things I wanted to share about Ted and Margaret Schmidt. Uh, so probably Ted's household would have been one where there wasn't a lot of questioning what mm. other people were doing. It's kind of like, you live your life over there. We're polite at the dinner table. I'm living my life. But probably wasn't a very emotional place, mm-hmm. you know, probably not surface. very affectionate. Yeah, almost yeah. very surface. And so it kind of makes sense when you look at Ted, right. why he is the way he is. You mm-hmm. know, he's a person who's about numbers and more about logic and practicality, right. not really... Like, and he also doesn't show a lot of emotion. You right. know, like he's very dry, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in his tone and sense of humor. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, I think I just thought that was something to just kind of put in my mental bank, I guess, when mm-hmm. thinking about uh, Ted's mother in this episode, but also just about Ted going forward. I mean, you can, it was like I said before, it was really good casting as well. Not, you could, they, the backstory on their thinking fits perfectly into his storyline. Mm-hmm. And then actually just looking like physically, they look like mother yeah, and well, son. She could I mean, be yeah. His mom, yeah. It was very believable. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that she was sweet and caring to the gang. You know, she was letting them know that if they need to go into the room, she assigned any waiver they needed to, you know, needed yeah. to yeah, yeah. have access to him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and she wasn't trying to come between no, him and the life open. that he's set up now. Yeah. Yeah. And she realized then that she needed to be more open and be more involved in his life. And I just feel like him getting sick, yes, it was terrible, but it opened his eyes for he can actually rebuild a new um, relationship with his mom. You know, yeah. so, not saying they had a bad one to start, but but uh, yeah, it was just know. clear that there were things that they didn't know that she doesn't know about him, which is kind of what we you know we're saying mm-hmm. earlier. Okay, so we leave the hospital and we go to Justin's house, and we're in Justin's room. Jennifer comes in; she's telling him that he needs to get up and get ready. I, I guess it's going yeah, he's going to school. It's a school day, and she's like, "Hey, you need to get up. You've got ten minutes. Uh, we got to get out of here." So Justin hops up out of bed. 
And when he is going out to get in the shower, his mom comes with her nosy (laughs) self. Okay, listen. Girl, yes, it is your house, but you are always going through his stuff and finding stuff that you are not supposed to be seeing. But what she did find was juicy. She got the drawing book, got Mm -hmm. the flipping through, and she got to see some big bubble booties. I mean, I don't know if these were real people. I don't know. I don't know where he's finding these models at. These are just in his imagination. He drew some great stuff, and then she saw his little drawing shrine yeah. uh, to Brian. So yeah. clearly she knew you yeah. know, something's Well, up. and just like, you know, having found the underwear before that. Right. And then ob- she obviously has seen some things going on within her son. So this is kind of putting it all together. Girl, he was standing there in a damn near halter <laughs> in some high-waisted mom jeans. Okay? I mean, it was hot because the boy is bad. But, yeah. I mean, come on now. Like, the signs are in your face. Yeah. So... Um, they just kind of, that's kind of going on right there. Jennifer has this realization and then she, Justin comes in, is like, hey, I need more conditioner. So that gives her a minute to just kind of go gather herself. Uh, so then we go back to the hospital and Brian and Emmett and Michael are talking about Ted being in this situation and saying, you know, I wonder who gave him the drugs and they figure out it's probably Blake. Brian is kind of talking about, um... Well, first of all, he tells a story about how the almost orgy with him and yeah, Ted uh-huh. and some other people. And it goes back to that tattoo story, too. Remember how it kind of ties in? Because <laughs> um, Ted knew about the secret Brian tattoo, so almost yeah. orgy. Maybe, you know, he got a sneaky peek. Sneaky I don't peek. know. I still think it's an urban legend, but it could yeah, be the Ted story. Yes, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, because Ted is the one who pointed it out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in a very Brian way, Brian is giving them probably good advice. He's saying, no, Ted was stupid. You shouldn't do drugs without, unless you're with your friends. People, people you who can care trust. about uh-huh. you, they won't just leave you to something like this. And people who would know your limits, know your boundaries, you know, wouldn't push past those. So even though He's very Brian about how he does it. True. Yeah. He's very loving and like, yeah, hey, you was. look out for your friends. I literally, like, when I was watching, I was literally thinking, okay, here we go again. This is another different side of Brian because we're getting the emotional side of Brian. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's very, in his Brian way, he's he's rough with yeah, it. Yeah. But it, it was coming from, it, it does, <laughs> yeah. it has to be, but it wouldn't be Brian if it wasn't. Yeah. But the fact that he was actually showing emotion in a sarcastic way, uh, but we knew that it was genuine, you know. Yeah. Uh, let me look back around on something, too, because you yeah. just mentioned um, a phrase. Do you, um, in, within this episode, B- Michael was speaking to um, um, Margaret. Is that her name? Uh-huh. Ma- Margaret. Uh-huh. And um, she's asked him if he thought that if the person that Michael was seeing, I mean, um, that Ted was seeing, if she was a female, mm-hmm. would it have, would she have left him and ran off, you know, just yeah. to die? Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, I think again, that's how we know that they don't have such a close right. relationship. You know, everything yeah, is, yeah. You know, I feel uh, like she's on, cause she knows, it's clear she knows he's gay. She didn't get there and she's like, oh my God, his best yeah. friends are three gay men. Yeah, right. She know, right, it's, right, right, it's clear right. she knows that he's gay. And yeah, she does make that comment. And I think that's just, I think it's an honest reaction. It's a very uninformed opinion because it, you know, it stereotypes all gay men. Because she, I don't think she's intending to be rude or mean about right. it, but she's just saying this. I wonder if he would have been in a loving, quote unquote, traditional relationship with a woman, or if he not even in a relationship, but just taking a woman home would right. the woman have done this? And in her mind, she's probably thinking no. But you know, I I think it just shows like we get to see that in all the mother son relationships. They're all in different stages of acceptance with the lives that their sons are, are right. living. And so I think she's just kind of somewhere in the middle. She knows that he's gay and she's like, okay, that's his truth. That's what it is. But I do think, yeah, she is questioning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you think about that? I mean, I just felt like it, it was very, 
it was a tricky statement, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, it was just kind of like, I've been like, mm, it's a little shaky in their relationship yeah. when she yeah. said that. But I, I just forgot about it until you mentioned a, a quote when um you, you, you said something. You triggered yeah. me. I can't yeah. remember right now. But no, I did write that down, mm-hmm. so I'm glad you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we leave the hospital and we go to the classroom. And Justin is in there and he's sketching probably another big bubble butt <laughs> and he, we see we meet another character we come to know as chris hobbs hunky jock in justin's class yeah and i, I love this scene because these last couple episodes that we um that we've covered whatever the case justin has really been you know coming into his own yeah um he's really getting that that confidence that he needs and he's really living his truth and i can honestly honestly say now that justin has gaydar you know like <laughs> He could, it was something about Chris that what what Chris was doing, it made Justin look. I could see it in his eyes. Yeah. I call it gay eyes. Yeah, we have this look that we can give, you know. <laughs> and if you look too long into my eyes, I got you. Yeah, you know. And he gave that look to Chris. He did. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think yeah. He's definitely hoping something could go mm-hmm. on there. But I think part of him is kind of believing something could go on there. And mm-hmm. we'll come back to that. Okay. So um, Brian is in his office, and Melanie comes in. Melanie's an attorney, and she tells Brian that she is Ted's attorney, and that he has named him uh, to be. Uh, the person who would make the decision on pulling the plug for mm. for Ted, which is kind of surprising to me. And later on, they talk they talk through that. But I think I was just as shocked as Brian was that he was a person named there. I wasn't shocked because I figured exactly where he was coming from. He knows push come to shove. Brian doesn't give a damn. He can make hard decisions. You know, that's yeah. typical Brian, someone yeah. who, who doesn't get emotional. He's he's hardly ever emotional. He's always the the quick thinker. He always knows exactly what to do. He's their leader per se. You yeah, know? So, yeah, yeah. Reluctantly, and they <laughs> yeah, know, no. he is a reluctant leader, but he yeah, kind of is. Okay, so when we earlier when we were in the classroom, Chris was you know joshing with one of his friends, and so got got sent to detention by the the teacher so the detention was he had to go to the locker room Mm, and organize mm -hmm. and clean that out or some storage room well justin took that information on board and was like i can use that to my advantage so um he goes in there he's gonna help it he's gonna help him organize the room yeah (laughs) organize something Yeah, yeah yeah rearrange yeah so um they get through doing that and they're just sitting down sharing a pepsi a pepsi Okay. And Chris is telling a story about these other girls at the other schools, Ooh. but they are getting him hot and bothered. These hot, <laughs> hot and bothered. Okay, yeah. like oh my god, that's all I. Yeah, and then so he has a little situation come up, and, <laughs> and Justin decides to help a brother out. So. Justin has no shame either. He yeah. every he takes direction well. I will say yeah. everything Chris said. Justin was right on top of it. Yeah. You know? Well, and you know, one this is a very iconic scene with the show. Even though they're clothed, you know, there's so many uh, scenes where there yes, are no clothes. Uh-huh. But this is a very iconic scene uh, in this in this show. But you know what? Okay, so Chris is talking about girls when he's talking to Justin, but. It's there's a guy sitting next yeah, to him, and I'm just like, Duke. <laughs> it like, is a straight thing. I always feel, and not saying all, but a lot of gay guys, we enjoy the straight guy because it's a challenge. Uh-huh. You know, it really is. And to hear him talk about what he's gonna do to a girl, but you, but telling you in a way 
was leaving it possible that there may yeah. be a chance for you. It may be the smallest chance. You may have to jump through a million hoops, <laughs> tie your shoes, you know what I'm saying, with your arms be tied behind your back, you know, and then chew through the ropes. But if you can do that, there is that chance and you will do anything yeah. for that chance. And I feel like that's what it is. But Justin is just so smooth in his approach now. Yeah. His confidence is just oozing. So, I mean, he has the upper hand. Because I'm pretty shocked when he just reaches over right, there yeah. and, you know, and puts his hand exactly. right in his face. He normally yeah. plays this, you know, the quiet role, yeah. the standoffish. But no, now he's taking charge. Like, he's on it. Like you said, he just jumped right in, put his hand over, yeah. and did He it. just went after what he wanted. Like, he in the episode before, he was like, he can do whatever he wanted. And at this moment, Justin wanted... You yeah. know, Chris Hobbs. And he so, got exactly what he wanted. Yeah. And, and you know, part of me wonders what would have happened if that teacher wouldn't have walked in at that moment. Like, I wonder if there's, and we'll never know, but I wonder if there's this moment where Chris just like loses it, punches Justin and runs exactly. out Exactly. That's the, that's the scene that I was just imagining. <laughs> that's probably what happens. Yeah, I've it could seen just be this awkward, like uncomfortable teenagers. Like, what do we do with our hands? Yeah. Um, it would have. Yeah, I don't know. But I think even, you know, in this idea of this theme of talking about knowing each other or knowing yourself even i think for chris this would bring up some questions for him because mm-hmm. it's like okay what does that mean does it mean anything what does it mean going forward why would i allow that well, it's worse so- for him because like he said justin he was like I, i'm good at sports and he was like well you really don't show it chris is the captain of the team he, yeah. you know what I'm he's a super jock so it's worse for him because he has to keep up this facade right. he has to have all the girls he has yeah. to be mr perfect he couldn't have a slip up he could never be seen alone with a justin yeah you know? so that's probably a question that he doesn't won't get his life won't allow him to ask himself like hey what what does this mean that you just let a guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm glad that that's in there. And then we'll get to see as the season plays out right, how that, yeah, how that progresses. Okay. So now we are in the sauna with Emmett, Brian, and Michael. And Brian is really kind of fretting over this and having a hard time dealing with the responsibility that Ted has put on him. And so he's asking them why why couldn't they do it? And Emmett says, well, I can't even decide what to wear. And then Michael's like, I know I couldn't do it. You know, he's just like an emotional mess. He couldn't do it. Uh, so it was just kind of stuck on Brian. So I guess what that's just showing us is, you know, how much it is weighing on Brian. Like we, I guess they'd assume he doesn't really care, but that just is weighing on him. So we leave there and we go to Daphne and Justin and he's telling Daphne what happened with him and Chris. And, uh, she is very shocked. <laughs> he kind of doesn't believe it. No, not at all. Yeah, but you know what? Um, you, I just, she didn't believe it just because she thinks she knows how much that um, um, Justin is in love with with Brian. Yeah, which then sparks for him to say, "Baby, that's not love. That's just you know, <laughs> sex, basically. You know." And um, he's, yeah, but it is, but he's he, he's educating her on. Yeah, but it shows that he he listened to what Brian says, mm-hmm. and now he can see it. Like, exactly. okay, now I can separate the two. Um, you know, I can separate love and sex, and so I know what it was. With I don't have any false um notions about what that was with Chris. They haven't spoken on it, but is um Daphne is she active? Uh, I'm gonna just put a pin in that, and we're gonna come back oh, to that in another, okay, <laughs> in another yeah. episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I so, can't wait. Can't wait on that. Yeah, but, so we're gonna um, come back to that. So, but in that scene, still though, um, Justin, mom, she actually, you know, comes into the room. Daphne excuses herself, leaves, go home, and um, it's a bonding moment for a split second 
for um, Justin and his mom. Yeah. They're, they're actually yeah. going to go on a drive. Well, yeah. Um, there's something that he says to her before that. He says, um, she's, I forget what she's saying to him, but he says, you don't know me. And then he says, a lot can change in a week. And we look at the past week that Justin has had, and a lot has changed for him. And it was because um, he had like chess club or some type of. Yeah, art club. Yeah, art club. club. And he's like, no, I quit. And then she's like, you love that. What's Mm -hmm. wrong with you? And. But he's living this totally different life now that I mean, she does not know not about. At all. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's living saying, split no, you lives. don't know me. Yeah, mm-hmm. staying out all night, crashing, barely making school, <laughs> coming with home. a Babylon tattoo on him, like at for the whole moment. week. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, for the whole week, he's had this tattoo on his hand. It seems like, but anyway, um, so they actually get in the car, yeah. and they're having a good time. They're vibing. It, it's like yeah. she finally is getting to know her son. He's having a good time. She's complimenting she him even, driving. She even makes a comment. She says, I'm really enjoy- basically saying I'm really enjoying this moment. Like she makes it clear that like obviously Justin has been struggling with some things lately and right. she's happy to see him be happy and um, smiling and laughing and joking with her. Because I think she tries to, you know, figure him out and, you know, talk to him. But yeah. he's the uh, the teenager. He doesn't want to open up to his mom. He's yeah. embarrassed. Certain certain subjects you just just don't open up to. And fully, he's also you know? just learning some exactly. part about himself. True. And so of course he hadn't shared that with her because he's just learning it. Right. Yeah. But then she does ask him, "Do you have a boyfriend?" <laughs> and that shuts him down, though. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and it wasn't a bad question. She was just asking yeah. a real. I think. It shouldn't have been so soon if they never spoke about They right. haven't spoken she about it yet. Know. She didn't have a manual on how to do it, but she was, yeah. Right, but it was very open, and I feel like she was coming from a genuine place. I will say that I really feel that his mother um, is trying. Like, she's yeah. caring. I do love she wants Jennifer. To get, I do. Jennifer, mm-hmm. you can just tell that she really is trying. She's not looking down on him. She's um, not trying to involve the father because she can already tell that, you know, that's not going to mm-hmm. be, be a good scenario. She wants Justin to be able to be open and honest and live his best, li- best life and live his truth. So, he throws the car in park and just hops out and takes off running. Um, like he was running cross country or something. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, I, he is he athletic. Just, okay? Yeah, he just totally freaked out and took off running. So then we go back to the hospital and Michael is talking to Mrs. Uh, Schmidt. And she says that I remember hearing Ted speak about a Michael. I asked him to tell me one of his special friends. And he said, Michael. And uh, Michael's like, oh, you know, that's sweet and that's nice. And she says that she's going to go to Ted's condo and pick up a pair of his pajamas. And then she says, I don't know if he wears them, wears them. But that even just a small thing, she didn't mm-hmm. even know if her son wears pajamas or not. Right, so it just, right. It just keeps reinforcing that how little um, she kind of knows yeah, how, what's going on with yeah, him. And just how big that barrier between the two of them is. But so when she says that she's going to go to, uh, Ted's, um, to condo. Ted's condo, that, <laughs> that gets Michael kind of. This is a true ride or die right here. I would, yeah. Girl, I'm telling you now, if my mama coming and I'm, I'm going to me, you better be smashing and coming to clean up too. I already have a designated yeah. family member that I'm like, For burn real. everything yes. in this box. I'm telling you. I am telling you. Um, but yeah, so clearly, you know, Michael, 0.2 seconds, call Emmett. Yo, we got to get the tits. Yeah. We got to do a sweep. Mom's coming over tonight. Yeah. We don't need to find anything. He's like, anything <laughs> like what? You remember them birthday gifts? Yeah. Oh, my and God. here's my question. Just how many dildos are too many? Because they're at least 33. 
Everything you know. Had to be. They were. They were everywhere. Christmas yeah. ornaments. I've seen like ten hanging from the Christmas tree. Yeah, but yeah, no, that is a good friend. A friend who'll go in there and sterilize your apartment before your parents get there. That's a good friend. Uh, okay, so before Michael, I mean, but Ted is a low key freak though. I think he just yeah he may be. <laughs> you know, you know, most people when they have like dirty magazine and movies and stuff, you know, they have like because Ted was in the living room. In like, the living room, I understand he was by himself, but still, but, that wow. feels pretty bold. Anybody could come in, but I mean his stuff is stuff like you got mail yeah. x-rated version you know what I'm saying? the director's cut yeah <laughs> like yeah. i mean the deleted, scenes, yeah. the deleted the deleted extra scenes yeah. you know meg ryan in a extra long pencil skirt okay so before all of that um <laughs> brian goes over to mel and Lindsay's house and i think he's just like trying to find some kind of way to cope with what is going on so he goes over there and Melanie just lights into him. Oh, hold up. No, 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 no. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm always the fifth. Melanie, I got you, girl. Okay. I got you. No, he just bust in again over at their house. Okay. You just bust in unannounced. Call first. Okay. This is for one. This is 99, 2000. You got a cell phone. Sprint was definitely around. Call. Okay. You got some money. You had yeah. a brand new Jeep in a neck in a day when they, they rode on it. So come on. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, that is true. He didn't just bust in there. Yeah. And yeah, and so, but Melanie's you're like, you're, time. yeah, Mel- but Melanie tells him, she's like, hey, you need to man up, make a decision. You're being selfish. You're being a coward. And I think what she's saying is right, but I think it's fueled by her own fear and worry and concern over Ted, because I think that she does have some type of relationship with Ted. And so yeah. she, I'm sure she's worried about him. True. But then you always, start, when, th- when something like that happens, you always start thinking, what if I were in that position or, or my partner in that position? Yeah. So I think <clears throat> what she's saying, you know, could be correct. But the vitriol and all of the like, you know, hatred behind it or the, you know, anger behind it, aggression behind it is it's from the, their experiences with each other. You we are it's no secret how they feel about one another. Yeah. And what their current situation is with Gus. Um, so definitely, but she also knows that um, she only knows surface Brian because she's actually right. never really given Brian a chance. That's the so she thing with those two. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So if she actually hung out with him and gave him a little chance, she could actually see, like I said before, like that onion, you got to peel yeah. him back a little bit. And we're starting to see the more, you know, right. revealed Brian. And, um, but she doesn't see that. All she sees yeah. is someone that's conceited, that's narcissistic. Um, and that he's could, very selfish. potentially a threat to her relationship exactly. with her son and possibly her, her partner. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing about, just take a little time out. That's the thing with Brian and Melanie. Like, neither one of them are willing to take a step back and truly get to know or open their mind to consider the other person. True. And it, so because they don't do that, then every little, issue between them yeah, just continues to build. Exactly. And know? it's literally like a, what is it, um, a mole, an uh, anthill into yeah, a mountain? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, some, something like, whatever this, mountain, yeah, yeah, thank you, whatever the saying is. And I just, and I feel that she feels that Ted has entrusted um, Brian, someone with no heart, no empathy, sympathy, any yeah. type of emotion with such a serious, you right. know, power of attorney. And um, I just, she just wants him for once to, you know, Stand yeah. up for something. Be a man. Stop treating things like it's you know nothing. Yeah. Or, you know, like but I just, think so I think decisive. she's so offended by him barging into their house during nap time that she can't see that he is searching for some way to cope with what's going on. Um, but anyway, so we leave that situation, and then Brian doesn't get any solace or relief there. 
And I think if anything, that probably makes him feel worse. Uh, and so then he goes to, he's in this dark room with these four guys all over him. And, you know, that is typical Brian Kenny pain management, drugs, drinking, and bookstores. <laughs> he was at the bookstore, not, and, but not reading books. Okay? <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks like what, that's where he was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so he, that's what Brian does. And so you might look at that on the surface level and say, he's blowing this off to go be blown by somebody but really this is him just He's trying clearing to his mind himself, exactly trying to, yeah trying to cope because he we already know from previous episodes he doesn't want to be responsible for anybody mm-hmm. he doesn't want to have to you know owe anybody anything because he just doesn't want that pressure on himself but then it jumps back um to ted's apartment and Emmett actually finds the shrine of um He's going through the closets and all this and that. Uh-huh. And um, he finds a shrine of photos, yeah. uh, which of Michael. And, mm-hmm. I, and it's like, it's his own personal Facebook wall. Cause there's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's yeah. from the moments, yeah. you know, every accomplishment, but, um, moment, whatever that Michael yeah. was going through over the years. Um, He's collected it. Yeah, and it looks like that might have been his wardrobe where he keeps his keeps his clothing, and so it could be that's something that he would see every day. Mm-hmm. He's looking at that, and so Emmett finds it and then kind of shows it to Michael. It's like, hey, come check this out. But that's a, a secret. You know, there are a lot of secrets in this episode, and we'll hopefully I'll remember to come back to that later. But that mm-hmm. they find out about this secret that Ted has. Like we as the audience have known about it, but none of the characters have known uh i think that actually which i don't think would ever happen but i think michael and Ted would actually make great partners together they're both yeah. loyal uh i feel like they're homebodies they're both looking for someone they want a relationship you mm-hmm. know they're just not their but ideal michael's candidates. just not free to <laughs> i know he's, he's his to. own worst enemy he's gonna yeah. forever shut himself down because yeah. he will forever yeah. be tied to brian and Kenny. i think like part of me feels like this this could be a good match, but another part of me feels like, in a way, it could be Ted choosing what's safe. You know, it's like True. I know Michael; he's mm-hmm. right here, and so that could be the safe choice for him too. I don't know. You know, maybe he well, really isn't does it like best it. to pick the safe choice? Someone is going to protect well, your best heart. To pick who you who your heart really wants, and maybe his heart really does want Michael. But sometimes, but we know that Ted is used to being rejected, and so he might go with what he feels like. He doesn't have to risk as much, right? And so, which is not a good reason to make a decision on a potential mate. That's called settling, and no, yeah. it's never great to yeah. settle. So we'll see where we are with this episode. I feel like it's a little bit of that, but you know, we'll mm-hmm. see. Going back a little bit, when Justin ran off, we find out he ran to Daphne's house, oh, love and it. he's like, "I gotta go find Brian because he's gonna help me." Um, He'll tell me what to do. He'll take me in. He'll let me mm-hmm. live with him. And, and Daphne's just like, uh, how, why do you think any of that? And Justin says, well, he he lo- he wants me. I'm going to live with him. I'm going to be with him. You watch. <laughs> Very confident, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to manifest yeah. that. Okay? He's not like, I think, or I'm going to ask him. He's like, no, this is what he wants. Yeah, he is speaking things into existence. He is. And um, <laughs> I'm for it. I'm right there with yeah. him. So he goes looking for uh, Brian at the loft. Daphne drives him over there. And Brian's not there because he's out trying to cope with, you know, the stuff with Ted. And Daphne suggests that he goes to find the crazy lady from the diner. Yes. And, and which clearly is is Debbie. Yeah. And um, he pulls right up. But I'm lost. How did he know? where? Did he, did he come back over to the house? 
No, but they ask that question later. They say, uh, how did he find you? And oh, then, he said, every day, always they, they do. Always find, so this yeah. is not the first time Brian had a stalker like this. Well, or, right, yeah, or just any old person mm-hmm, finding true. Debbie. Because everybody at the diner knows, knows her. So yeah, I'm true. pretty sure if it was like, I'm looking for Debbie, somebody there could have given him an address. You know? Well, his pull-up game was strong. So he pull up and Debbie lets him in. <laughs> yeah. You know, because she takes all like, the strays. Yeah, and she's like, mm, I know what to do about exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> she know, He didn't have to open his mouth. She was like, shut up. I know what's yeah. up and she got them together yeah and how funny Debbie used the phrase when she called Michael uh-huh. you got mail <laughs> yeah and at the same that was a time nice little uh, yeah Pun nice little intended. thing there by the by the writers so then Lindsay comes to see Brian and I, and I think she's there to kind of smooth things over after what happened with Melanie and it's a very tender and sweet moment between those two friends um and she says and well Brian asks her well how do we know that we're alive and then she says maybe it's by what people from what people expect from us and she so Gus is her example and she's saying hey right now Ted is expecting something for you from you he's expecting you to make this big decision for him mm. and uh she tells Brian that you'll make the right choice basically she believes in him and Brian's response is you don't know that and so i think he's like why would you Right. I, mean, I think that's the thing that's kind of unsaid there. Yeah. He kind of shows his insecurities when uh-huh. he's put in, you know, in the forefront. Yeah, we've seen him be so strong, and mm-hmm. we would assume because he, he is always dismissing Ted, so we'd right. assume he'd be very dismissive about this situation, but he's not. He doesn't like being put in situations that you know he really, really has to, you know, be in control. Yeah, he likes to be in control, but more free and you know not so tied well, down. Well, he wants true control. He doesn't want you to be the one to make him have to make the decision. Uh, true. Like if he chooses uh, yep. to make the decision, that's one thing, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want you. But I, but I think part of it might be just like rebelling against authority, but I also think it's, he doesn't want to have to let people down. It's like, if you never expect anything from me, I can never let you down. Exactly. And so it's self-preservation. Yeah. I feel like. Then he never fails. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So mm-hmm. you're always successful if you never yeah, risk failure. Yeah. True. Okay. So then we go to, um, it's Brian and, um, and Brian Ted. and Ted at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian goes up to the hospital and he's clearly not happy. With he, Ted. he has a whole bunch of <laughs> displaced aggression is yeah. what it is. I mean, yeah. So, in a, but in a very harsh and Brian Kenny way, he does, deal with the situation he says okay fine basically he ultimately gets to fine i'll do what it is you're asking me to do i'll go ahead and you know if we need to pull the plug like i'll make the decision to do it mm-hmm. you know he says but it's not for you it's for me and i think that's him trying to like keep his own control exactly know? and yeah definitely trying to keep his control but i'm glad that he did figure it out yeah. and in true brian fashion again next thing you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thought 101 exactly. comes right into the room. And yeah. as Brian always does, he, yes, he smashes in the next next bed next to Ted. But I want to thank him because if he didn't do that, Ted probably would have never, <laughs> would have never woke yeah, up. Ted has to wake up to that nightmare. He did. Uh, but that's the good news. Ted does wake up. So we're happy about that. He's out of the coma. Um, so then Brian goes over. He's been summoned over to Debbie's house because he has a package that he needs to pick up or at least deal with. And But before he gets there, Justin is talking to... Well, Michael is, of course, livid because Justin's there and he's ready for Justin to be out of their lives. And he's <laughs> like, you can't be in my house. And this is not, you know, all this stuff, which this is not Michael's house. I just want to make that clear. This is Debbie's house. Mm-hmm. But um, they told him that he's going to go home. And Justin is exaggerating a little bit. Like, I can't go home. You know, my, my parents hate me. And they, exactly. You know, so he's doing a little bit of fancy lying there. But then 
eventually Brian does show up. But before that, there's a comment that Michael makes and some people hold this against Michael. So Debbie said when Justin runs off like a drama queen upstairs, Debbie says, you know, hey, teen suicide is a real issue. And then Michael, he's joking, but he says, unfortunately, well, unfortunately not this one. And I get why it's some a joke in poor taste. Yeah, it is a, a joke in poor taste. Yeah. But Justin is annoying, though. <laughs> like, I just want to slap Okay, him wait a minute. You're always defending Melanie. I'm always going to defend Justin. <laughs> well, he gets under my skin because he knows he's good looking. He's young and he's like real smirky. With well, things, smirks. Are, things are, for the most part, things are good for him right now. But Ugh. anyway. Don't be hating because he's yeah, his well, life is going well. It's going well. So yeah. after threatening to run away to New York and be a hustler and selling his body to gross old men, which Vic is willing to be one yes. of those gross <laughs> uh, he runs upstairs. And so that's when Brian arrives and uh you know, they they send him up there. And so we see Justin is up in um Michael's, Michael's own room. room and he finds a picture of of Brian, Brian and Michael, Michael when they were younger. And you kinda of hear the door open and when you see Justin's face, it's like he knew he I don't know if he's heard Brian's voice downstairs or a part of him just knew this well, is how the night it. was gonna yeah, play uh-huh. out. But before he even turned around, before Brian even spoke, he knew they who lit was up. in that room with yeah, him. Uh-huh. But Justin's so darn smart because he did that with the detention thing with Chris. Uh-huh. Like he was like, I know where Chris is gonna be. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna find a way to put myself there. Exactly. No, <laughs> yeah. it's seizing the moment. Mm-hmm. Literally, literally, literally. And so he used those uses those same games to lure Brian into this room. And so at first, Justin tries to kiss Brian and Brian like pushes him away. But I think mm. that's like, I'm yeah. going to be in control of this. You're not exactly. going to, yeah. Like, you're not, you're not the one in charge here. I am. Even though Justin is in charge, he oh, masterminded yeah. all of this. <laughs> exactly. And then he lets you believe you in charge. For real. Like, he's so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> literally, he's like the new and improved Brian King. Yeah. I he mean, is. He, he soaks is up everything. Him. He is. He soaks up all of your game and uses it, uses it on you. Yeah. Period. Uh, so then they have this little steamy moment up there at Debbie's house in Michael's that's room. Disrespectful. Brian well, need his ass whooped. You know for a fact I got a crush on you. Last episode, we was kissing in the bathroom and stuff. You knew I was trying to go for it. And you have the nerve, the audacity yeah. to have somebody in my room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael is very not happy with this. Like, even when they are sitting down there and Deb and Vic are just talking, like, there's a look on Michael's face. And he's like, wait a minute. They've been up there for Girl, a minute. He was like but the bionic he, man. Those he, ears too, turned up. I was waiting to see you. Like, God. He knew exactly what was going down. And so when they come downstairs, it's even more tense. Like, Brian, he laughs about a joke that somebody makes and looks over at Michael. And Michael gives him a face like, you are in trouble with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, Debbie and Michael are going to take Justin back. But Michael says, before we leave, I need to talk to Brian. And so that's when he confronts him about, um, he says, you know, not in my room, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I get it. Like, I mean, yeah, I definitely think that Brian should have been more considerate and more sensitive, even though, like, Brian knows, at least at this point, nothing is going to happen with him and Michael. But you also know that he is met, like crazy about you. And, and this so, is your oldest friend. Right. Somebody who actually fucks with you because you actually are not a good friend. You're a selfish <laughs> friend. You demand all the attention. You're an attention whore. And this is how you treat somebody. No, Brian Kenny is rude when it comes to Michael's <laughs> emotions and feelings. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh I feel like it sometimes Michael's a little unfair in that because like you can't make somebody like you, but at the time ta- but yeah. at the same time, 
it's hard to make yourself stop loving somebody and stop caring about somebody. So well, I get it from real, both though, sides. I, I do. I, I do feel it. But then Michael definitely... The, 15 years. Yeah, it's time to move on. Yeah, like maybe now. Because obviously Brian is not shy no. about, <laughs> you know, anything like that. So if he wanted you, he would have had you yes. by now. I mean, 15 uh, years. So it's, it's definitely time to move on. But he confronts him right there. And at first I had a problem with that. But I'm like, I know I really get what, what Michael is saying. Whether I agree or not is a different subject. But I get what. Michael only saying my mom's house, my room is because he didn't want to come off and be like, I'm jealous and I'm salty. <laughs> yeah. So that's what he low key yeah. said. You know, yeah. he low key well, said. And he's definitely mad because before all of this, Michael makes a comment to Justin, like basically he's already had you one time. He's done with you. And Justin says, no, Ooh, it wasn't that just look. once. Did you see yeah. that look? Yeah. But they, Michael didn't catch that though. But yeah. Justin's face was like, mm, bitch, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah, it's like it was more than once. While and you was first... getting those um, anal parasites, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was getting that Kenny loving, baby. Yeah. And uh, so Brian, um, Michael dismisses it and says, oh, no, that's not true. But we know that is true. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's about to have him again in your bedroom, the uh, room that you tried to have him in 15 years exactly. ago. What, what they say, if at first you don't <laughs> succeed, pick yourself up and try again. And Justin did. Okay. And yeah. succeeded. Yeah. So we leave their house and we head to... We're on the way to drop Justin off at his parents' house, and he and Michael is like See? shooting daggers in the rearview mirror, and Justin's like, "Ha ha!" Yeah, ha, he's ha. that annoying child that you just want to drag, but Don't you know be you can't. Mad and jealous. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you, he's he's one step from licking his tongue out. Yeah, literally, like I mean, ugh. yeah. <laughs> just oh he just got on my nerves he works my nerves so he just he, just he wants be, to get under your skin don't be mad and jealous because justin is living his best life right now okay he's living his best life let him life. have his moment you mm. know he lucky he's young i'm gonna let him have, it. Let him have <laughs> it. please let him have his moment okay so we get to the taylor's house and they live in a very nice home and uh, yeah, they're rich they got know, a little doorbell yeah times. debbie and michael walk up there uh to ring the doorbell and jennifer comes to the door justin goes barging through and Debbie is trying to connect with Jennifer and basically just say, hey, I know what it is you're dealing with having a gay son. She's like, here I am with my gay son. And Jennifer's trying to like. She needs it, but she doesn't know how to accept yeah, that friendship. Yeah. She needs someone she can talk to. This is going to be her guide. Yeah. You know? I mean, she's basically like just had her suspicions confirmed. And right. So that's a lot to take in. It is. Yeah. But she knows that she's not alone and there's other mothers out there. Well, clearly she knows she's not alone, but I guess when you're in that situation, you don't know how to have a conversation with your son who's, you know, coming into his own. You don't know what steps you want to say. You don't know, you don't want to offend any, anyone. Yeah. You don't know really how to go, but Debbie clearly has years of experience and she's open and she was cool with it. She yeah. even brought her son home and brought her son to make her feel, you know, more ease. Like, yeah, we, you're going to get through this. You yeah. Know? And she tells her you know she gives her some good advice she, well what i guess is good advice she says hey i tried to spare my son the pain of having to tell me and so she said don't ask are you just say i know so just trying to like help her that happened to me that, that literally <laughs> happened to me um i went to go tell my dad and um he literally said i know i was just waiting for you to tell me yeah and like i love you literally like yeah. it, it happened that easy mm-hmm. it was a different story with my mom just because i didn't want to let my mama down yeah. but even when i told her she was like oh baby she literally told me she knew too yeah you know and that she's gonna love me no matter what but the second time around yeah. <laughs> the first time didn't go that smooth but yeah. the actual coming out coming out when i was grown yeah it went great okay so there's something that i want to touch on here i think so when Jennifer is talking to Debbie and Michael at the door, we hear 
it's Justin's dad in the background. Oh, yeah. We haven't met him yet. And he says, basically, like, who is it? And she's like, it's no one because she doesn't want to bring him into that situation yet. But there's a look on Michael's face just for a quick minute. And I think his th- dad. Well, no, I think it's that I think he's embarrassed of Debbie. I think Michael he's embarrassed of like him and Debbie being there and of their situation. Because when they leave, he comments on her old jacket and then, you know, she was talking about the nice chimes that they have at their Yo. house. So I really think, you know, we were talking about all the the mother-son's uh, relationships. And I think every one of them have a barrier. And I think, you know, it's pretty obvious for um, Justin and Jennifer is that, you know, he's coming into this new phase mm-hmm. of his life. And she doesn't know anything about that. For Ted, it's that his mom doesn't know about this new life right. he lives. But I think for... I think for Michael and Debbie, he's a little bit embarrassed of her because we've seen it in the other episodes. Like he's when like, he was in the club yeah, or the, or the he's bar. Like, Why are you here, mom? And she's like, I'm just over here hanging out, having it's a cool. drink. Yeah. yeah, but I I do think that that is a barrier in their relationship. I didn't pick up on it like that, but now that you say it, I can, it's clicking. It definitely clicks. And I was thinking like, hmm, why did he say that about her jacket? I I, I was yeah. wondering like, hmm, what is that for? But yeah. now I definitely can see that. Well, and then when they're leaving, she says, you know, she smacks him on the head and then she says, you don't know yourself, so know thyself. And there are different ways to interpret that. But I think one way to interpret is like, know your value and your worth, mm-hmm. you know, know that you're just as good as, you know, uh, anybody else. And True. so, yeah, that's just something I was thinking about. So I got excited earlier. I skipped over a scene. Um, after Michael and Emmett find the shrine, uh-huh. the Ted's shrine, they are at the bar at Woody's, I believe, talking about, like, what are you going to do about that? And Emmett says, it's kind of flattering. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. but Michael doesn't say, oh, I'm so glad to find that out because I've been harboring the secret crush for him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. But what does happen is they start sharing these secrets with each other or these things that they've never told anybody, definitely never told each other. Like Emmett says, when I was growing up in Hazelhurst, the postman used to spit on me, probably because he knew Emmett right. was gay. Uh, Michael shares that I don't know anything about my father. Emmett shares that he held his dead grandmother's hand. Yeah, for an and hour. And then they say, "Why have? Why don't we tell each other these things?" And so that goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. Like they don't really know each other, and mm-hmm. even that comment Ted's mom's made. They they clearly love each other, but they don't really know these deep things about right. each other. Um, so I just like that that scene in this episode a little rawness to it so after we leave the taylor's house (laughs) we go back to the hospital and ted is awake at this point and this is a very interesting scene to me because ted just almost died and he's just like packing his stuff up like you know it's a normal monday and his mom's sitting over there and even with them i talked about a barrier with them but there's like a physical barrier in the room when you look at that scene it's, he's on one side of the wall and there's a bed uh-huh. between them and then she's seated like so she's mm-hmm. like down low. they're not even on the same level you know no seriously yeah and mm-hmm. uh, so just that physical barrier that we get to see and just the way that they're talking to each other i would imagine if i'm in the room with my son who almost just died like I'm i would be, like, be all over him yeah, yeah, no seriously there's this like huge gap still between them yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't like a, a very tender touching scene you know yeah, it was a little cold i mean we know that she cares for him and she loves him i just don't think she knows how to convey emotion mm-hmm. um and she doesn't know how to be so sensitive and caring yeah, to his exactly. needs exactly i think I mean, they, their emotions are still at an arm's length uh-huh. and that's what that barrier there is representing you know and that could be another reason why ted always gets rejected maybe he doesn't know how to open up or let right. someone in yeah. he doesn't know how to attract yeah he's always goes, guarded which goes back to what i was saying about michael being the safe choice <laughs> true, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So you don't true. have to be fully open emotionally uh, with that but it also shows like there are some 
uncomfortableness involved in intimate conversations and intimate relationships with family members, you know, just having that physical barrier there. And also there was still some uncertainty for Ted and his mom. Well, kind of like, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, But I will say she, she likes Michael as well. She picked up on his vibe. So clearly Michael has some good aura. I mean, everybody has, you know, their little qualms or whatever the case, but she picked up Michael's good vibes because he did treat her very well, brought her food and cake, you know, conversation. He was the emotional center of the group during this Exactly. He held her together. And that's, that's one thing I can say about my partner. Uh, I love my partner to death because of the way he treats my mom. Yeah. You know, like I saw how he was so thoughtful on every occasion, how he he made numerous attempts to become her best friend, which they are very close. And yeah. I just felt that was that was just amazing to me yeah. because, I mean, you only get one mom and everybody who knows me, I'm a mama's boy. So the fact <laughs> that you were showing love to my mom just the way that I would, I knew for a fact you were a keeper. You have a good spirit and a good heart on you, you know? That's cool. Um, so Ted's mom does, even though there there's not a lot of physical, I guess, connection between the two of them, uh, she does say some very sweet things. She says... You know, I worry that you're alone. Um, and uh, she says, I wish that you had someone to love you. Maybe then this wouldn't have happened. Uh, and then she says, like, I know you get embarrassed when I'm too emotional. So, again, just going back to they're not used to talking honestly and openly mm-hmm. with each other like that. Uh, but she says, you know, I am glad that you woke up from your coma because now I'm able to tell you how proud I am that you're my son. And then she stands up at this point. So it's like trying to like put them on like, the same yeah, level. Uh-huh. And she says that I just want you to know that when you feel alone or when you feel that no one loves you, it's not true because I do. And his response, he's so uncomfortable with that. I think he is trying to take it on board and take it in. But I think it's so foreign for the two of them that his response is he he thanks her. Like he just says, thank you. And that's like he's not dismissing it, but that's like the best thing he could do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, the, like detached from um, yeah. yeah from like any emotion or yeah yeah was like, like completely uncomfortable with it mm-hmm. didn't know how to handle it uh so we leave the hospital and brian emmett and ted are kind of moving ted back i'm sorry brian emmett and michael are moving ted back into his mm-hmm. house they brought him some groceries <laughs> and they're moving him back in and ted leaves the kitchen area and goes off to his room and michael follows him just you know checking up on him but I think Michael really doesn't know what to say to Ted <laughs> because, you know, now he has yeah, discovered now he Ted's secret crush. And um, so he says, you know, well, if you ever want to talk about, you know, what happened or about other things and then they what go other things, this, what other things? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, you know, other things. But then Michael says, you might not get what you want, mm. but then he's like, but we could still talk about it. And then it just gets real awkward. And Brian comes around the corner. Kind Thank of, God. Save yeah, the day. Cause he's yeah, always day. lurking. So, yeah, so Michael, Michael leaves to go rearrange the flowers uh so brian comes in and you know of course he's joking at ted but then he asks him you know why me why did you choose me and he says well my mother couldn't do it it was a very hard decision for a mother to have to make Uh he says michael and emmett couldn't do it uh and he says well i picked you because you're heartless i knew you would pull the plug and move on and then i think the real reason he says is because you know when it was time to go. I have some issues with what Ted says because Ken and I were talking as we were watching the episode like they have such a static image, a static view of who Brian is and they just all assume that he's always going to be selfish and he's yep. you know and so some of I have an issue with some of that because 
we're starting to learn that that's not really true. But also, if you if you label me as that, then sure, that's what I'm going to be. Exactly. Because you don't expect more from me, so why would I even try true. to be more? They're basically like just putting him in a box. Yeah. And I, they don't even realize it, but they literally shut his emotions down. Yeah. Or well, any type of growth. Wings. Yeah, he can't be anything exactly. more than the selfish jerk mm-hmm. coward that they've always said he is. They made him out to be. Yeah. Anytime he shows any type of difference, that's not typical Brian. That's not who Brian is. Brian, Brian won't do this. Brian's not going to do that. Yeah, like this whole, the whole four ep- up to four episodes now has been his friends telling us who he is what he will do and what he won't do very little of him actually saying no this is who i am exactly yeah. and i think he's just kind of fallen into that he's like whatever i'll let that's their perception of me and i'm gonna give want. them what they want why challenge it but uh i do think he's right in that brian would know okay it's time to make a decision we're gonna make the decision we're gonna move on and we even got to see that in the in the hospital because when uh-huh. he made the decision then he it's not that he didn't care we saw a whole episode of him caring and trying to find right. ways to cope with it but once it was like this is what we're gonna do then he moved on with the- quick. <laughs> and he let the nurses assist nurses aid yeah. whoever there was <laughs> aid yeah. him in any way yeah he, he did needed. Uh, so then the episode ends and we're back in Babylon and Michael and Brian are dancing together and they tell each other that they want it to be them. They want Michael wants Brian to be the one to pull his plug and mm-hmm. Brian wants Michael. OK, I don't think Michael would do it. I, Michael's not fixing to pull. No, he's <laughs> pull not. Plug, he, no. he will go and visit every single day. Hold he his hand. Sure will. Manicure him. Kiss his feet. Yeah. Yeah, no. He, that's where he no wants way. Brian. He know, Nobody else can get him. <laughs> he's blocking all access. You yeah. Know so, no. Like, ain't no way. Gus only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no way Michael's pulling that plug. Yeah, so that was this episode. And this one was really good. I feel like it was, in some ways, very different from the first mm-hmm. three. Just what it delved into. Uh, but I really like this one. Yeah, it was not a wave of a range of emotion. You yeah, know? Um, yeah. It, was, it was deep subjects. And again, I just feel like you're just getting more character development. Oh yeah, know? for sure. Like getting to see them grow into mm-hmm. into who they are. But, oh, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. That's not a secret, but some more behind the scenes trivia. So. Chris Hobbs, the yes. guy who played Chris Hobbs, uh-huh. also auditioned for Justin. Texas. Oh, did he? Yeah, and had some callbacks and yeah. stuff. Was very much in line to possibly mm-hmm. play. Uh, but I'm Justin. glad he got the role that he got. Yeah. You know, because yeah, I mean, Justin, it fits him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin fits him, and he fits Chris Hobbs perfectly. Yeah, and at this point, I can't see anybody no. else being. No, I mean, Justin. I could have seen Blake. I mean, if they both came, you know, if one episode was that Justin, and then we got to see Blake as Justin, yeah, I could see it. Maybe you know what I'm saying here and there. It kind of it I reminds can see me of him. Maybe Blake standing there as, but I can't see him with Brian as Justin. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you're right yeah. on that. Uh, so anyway, yeah, this one was fun. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, but guys, we just want to say thank y'all so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it we want you guys to click um subscribe you can reach us on ig what's that link yeah uh we are liberty diner dish on instagram hey the best way to contact us is through our website that's liberty diner dish.com absolutely There's a contact link there you can email us directly ask us any questions if you have any thoughts or comments that we didn't touch or that you want us to address in an upcoming episode Reach us there. You can also find links to all of our social media Absolutely. There. I mean, guys, we just want to bring something to you guys that is fun, that's interactive. So make sure that you stay in tune and, you Please know, giving do. us something to talk about. Let's yeah. get to it. All right. All right, guys. Well, this has been Real. This was another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. And we are out. Bye. Bye.